0: I'm Megan Lawrence and welcome to the wild leaders podcast wild stands for whole and intentional leader development and in this episode you'll be listening to one of our wild conversations wild conversations are interactive virtual experiences every friday for one hour with leaders from around the country it's no cost to join or attend and you can sign up by visiting wildleaders.org backslash wild conversation you can also listen on youtube spotify and apple Podcasts. please follow us and subscribe Wild Conversations are led by our founder and CEO, Dr. Rob McKenna. Named one of the top 30 IO psychologists alive today, Dr. McKenna is passionate about developing leaders and transforming the way we see people in our organizations. As he will tell you, we have the tools at our fingertips to invest in our people in ways that are meaningful to them and will get the results we need. 30 years of research has taught us how much people learn and grow on the job. We have what it takes to create rich learning environments for the people we lead, and all we have to do is begin to act on what we know. Thanks for joining this Wild Conversation.
1: Awesome. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Wild Conversation. It is... uh actually one of the best times of our week, if not the best time. And, and it's, all, it's all of you who make this an incredible space for all of us. And so let's jump right in. Uh, in this executive series, one of the things we chose to put on the list was this topic of leading leaders, which isn't talked about all that often. And so that was kind of an interesting place for me to begin. I, uh, when I started thinking about um, uh, what this would be about, I uh, I went to one of my closest friends. Uh, his name is Jeff Smiley, and uh, Jeff is an area vice president for a company called Optive. And he, we've known each other since high school. So yes, he has lots of other stories to tell. And it's funny when you you know you have friends from high school, and now you're kind of an adult and trying to figure all that out. Um, but Jeff, what's cool about Jeff is I can ask these questions in a way, and he's going to he's going to get real with me about what it's about. And a few years back, you know, Jeff moved into a role where he's now leading leaders, um, and and so we had this we we uh, had this conversation. I said, "What's been different about you in this phase of your career, where now you're not responsible for individual contributors, but you're responsible for for people who are leading others?" And uh, it opened up this this pretty pretty deep conversation about where that needs to go. And it opened up my brain also into thinking about, people have studied this, we've studied this. Um, and it's something, but we don't think about it all the time. And so here's my, here's my thesis, all right? My thesis is this, is that leading leaders is a different job. It's a different job. And, uh, and I think we do sometimes, and I say we, <laughs> inclusively, me included in this, do a disservice to that whole job of leading leaders when we pretend it's not, or we skip over the reality. So um, this is, so that, that's where Jeff got my my brain sort of warmed up into this space. Um, And here's, here's one of the fundamentals. You're going to hear me talk about different pieces of this, and I'm going to provide you with kind of three things that to think about regarding what it means to lead leaders. Here is what one of the things I would suggest is fundamentally different. It's different because these are people, now you're responsible for leading them, who are now responsible for the work and development of others. And I think that's really important that that, that land with us. We are now, if you are leading leaders, you are now responsible for people whose reality is responsibility for the work and, and development of others. Okay, so that's, and that's, that's what I want to, to break down for just a moment. Um, Because it means that now, just like us, you know, if we've been in that role, by the way, if you're an emerging leader and you you haven't been here yet, I'm going to give you some handholds for this because this is for you too. Because uh, you may be there, but it's also you may work with people who you would suggest need to think this way. Um, Is that now when you get into that space, you're responsible for inspiring people, for developing people, for their progress. And so these are folks who may never have, have thought about leading before. Now they're leading. And so, uh, so let's go there. So one of the things that is, that is always true, um, and by the way, if, uh, if the Wild Leaders community, like let's say this community, so look around at the faces. This is my dream that someday all of us are on the cover of Fast Company magazine. Now Fast Company may not be as, as kind of cool as it used to be. I don't know. I, I know. I apologize to any people from Fast Company who might be here. Um, but I always wanted this, like to, for all of us, To be on the cover and all we would say is all we did was focus on the one and what i mean by that is we thought about the experience of a person and in this case a leader and we really thought about that with intentionality what is their experience and we went straight at that and gave them and connected their reality to some some ways that we could help them so what i would suggest is when when it comes to that idea of focusing on the one is that your beginning point is as near as your nearest mirror So what's interesting is most of us would say that we're aware that like when we work with certain leaders and they go through the wild toolkit or they, they sort of get introduced to introduced to what we do. One of the common things we hear is where was this when I was young? And so, so I, instead of us saying like, let's just have that be a repeating narrative. What if we did a better job? What if we did a better job of preparing people for the moment that they will begin to lead? And If we're persons responsible for people who are moving to that role, what if we did a better job in our experience? of it helps a lot. That's why the mirror is helpful. Now here's what's interesting. I think so often our preparation to lead feels more like a Monopoly game. Now go with me for a second because my family plays Monopoly a lot. I kind of hate it. And one of the things that I kind of hate about it is you're basically at the mercy of the dice. Everyone, and depending on kind of your go-to, you got to get those expensive enough properties that are people are more likely to land on but if you don't get those properties, if you play Monopoly enough, chances are you're going to lose. So here's so it's like, so we kind of walk into the board and we're like rolling the dice. and We're just bumping into property. We're bumping into leader experiences. And no one has helped us prepare for what that was going to be like, as opposed to maybe a chess, a chess game. <laughs> now chess might, some of you are like, oh my gosh, your eyes are rolling back in your head. You're like, you're not going to talk chess some more. But what's interesting, let me just go with this for a second. I got to mention the Queen's Gambit, right? Because some of you have watched it. People who know chess, they know that there are actually ways and storylines in a chess game. I have no idea. I was in the chess club. My parents thought that would make me cool. Um, And so I was, which they really didn't understand. I was like, but I was in the chess club. I still don't know these things, but if you watch Queen's Gambit, I know there's a thing called the Sicilian. So so -so so-and-so's playing the Sicilian. I have no idea what that is, but if you play chess enough, you would begin to understand what it means to play chess around a certain storyline or a game strategy and so I, what i want to suggest is maybe in terms of our investment in leaders that we could do a better job if we if we had a way to do that so not like monopoly maybe more like chess or pick your game of choice whatever whatever that is now when i've set up before um i talked one of the things that we focus on with leaders is uh, a conversation around calling and purpose and one of the reasons is that uh you know it's some, calling and purpose could seem sort of an, like an esoteric conversation. We're really all having this conversation at some point in our life anyway. We start to execute, we try to get a job, and we sort of, sometimes I think we lose sight of that, that broader thing, but I think it's always important, and it's one part of that investment of leaders. But, but one of the things that I always I talk about is that, that calling is, is defined in the psychological literature and in the theological literature, by the way, as a, as a transcendent summons. Okay, that's the calling part. When I, when I talk about purpose, I always use the example of a hammer, that a hammer, in terms of its purpose, it was created for a certain purpose. And most of us who know what a common claw hammer is like would say that uh, it was designed for two things, right? So give me, a I need a bunch of head nods. It helps me if I get a little feedback. This is like a virtual amen, okay? Most of us know. It was like designed for pounding and pulling nails. Now think about this for just a second. Why do we know that that's what a hammer is for? Think about this because we've seen a nail or we've experienced a nail. Do you know what I'm saying? Like until you see a nail, you don't, you'd look at a hammer and go like, hmm, that's an interesting shape. What could that be used for? And it, the difference would be, imagine if you were trying to build a house and instead of knowing that in the beginning, you walk into the house, you got this thing that, you know, someone says like, use this, like, go this. So you're walking around the house looking for things that might, what would I use this for? And then all of a sudden you find a nail and you start pounding a nail or you pull a nail out cause you're doing a remodel. So you got to get some of those nails out. It's because we've had experience with it that we begin to understand how to apply the hammer in the same way. This is what breaks my heart y'all. This is where my conviction comes out. <laughs> this is what we do most of the time is we give people a hammer And we send them in to build the house as leaders, figure it out. That's what most of us did. Amen. That's what, that's what we did. It's like, go figure out how to lead. Some of us had a little bit of mentoring here and there, a little bit more structure, but it felt more like that. So that would be a different way to think about it. Now here's some of the the, the issues I see in our preparation, the way we think about this one, one issue is one size fits all. So we think, we think about leaders. So go read this book. Most leadership books um, give you the five ways to lead. I'm not, I'm not dismissing that as helpful sometimes. I'm not, so don't hear me slamming all those kinds of books because I think I wrote one. <laughs> but, but, but think about it this way, that most of a, a leader's journey is also bespoke. I love that word. There's a store near my house. It's called bespoke. It's customized to the person. And so while there are both general principles, there is also an individual story, and I know so many of you, of your stories of how you have applied those principles in your own way. And so I think the one size fits all we have to be cautious of, because anytime you're talking to a group of leaders, you're talking to at least two to probably 12 different profiles of people. You know what I'm saying? Like We have to have a way to see them, as well as give them some principles, because we also need some easy ways to move forward. Another thing is that they're short term. I will tell you that people have asked me in the past because I, you know, I, I've been investing in leader development in both higher ed and, and with masters and, and graduate students, to undergraduate students and, and with leaders on the outside. People ask me, how long does it take to prepare a leader? Actually, they'll usually ask me how long does it take to develop a leader? And I'll say, I'll say can, I ask, can I change your question to prepare, to get them ready? Not that they're finished, but to get them ready to start. And I usually have said about two years. And that's part of that's because of my experience, you know, in, in, uh, in being responsible for master's students or graduate students, because I, I would say at the doctoral level, like two to five years, <laughs> but here's my point is that most of, when we think of leader development and preparation solutions, so providing something to develop the leaders in our care, we give them what we think about is airport seminars. Go read this book. Right. And this is what we think about a class, go take a class and, and hear me. I hope this I, you're going, you're not going to hear this part. I'm not not dismissing those things, but I would say that deeper leader preparation takes more time and it takes leaders of those leaders who are willing to invest it. And I know this because, and this is not a shameless pitch, but it is when when organizations use, a couple of our, our client organizations are using the Wild Toolkit for their third year in a row now. And I will tell you the narrative of a person changes so much it's really incredible when they begin to seat themselves in the beginning someone feels like an imposter and then they begin all of a sudden it settles in like okay first i was thinking am i a leader now i'm realizing i can't help but i have to be because i'm in the role and then it begins to they begin to go deeper and think about so what does that mean how can i actually invest deeper how can i stand how can i plant roots that go beyond just execution i think of trees that have their branches go out that's the execution part but the tree that withstands a storm has those roots. And we're talking about deep-seated leader preparation. So here, so let me give it, so my first point is this. Identify the difference so you understand the reality, okay? So we wrote a blog about this. I'm gonna go through 12 things super fast. Think about yourself, but also think about what it means to invest in a leader now. This is the reality. From your truth to shared truth. The concept of you do you is bogus in the leadership context. It doesn't work anymore, So, it's, but it's a paradox. You still have to figure out you, but now I gotta figure out you, right? Because that's that's the reality. And if we don't put that on the table, leaders get, it really messes people up. Like that's what they're gonna face. Let's prepare them for that. Second thing, from together, uh, from together to alone. Let me just put it in a management context. If we're all working together, and suddenly I get promoted to be your manager. None of you talk to me the same way again. Now I know things about you and, and and other your other your friends that I have to legally sometimes hold in solidarity with you. So the concept of full transparency and leadership, that statement is made by people who are not responsible for other people. Because the transparency, you can't, you legally cannot be fully transparent. And I'm, just, I'm saying that because I'm not saying transparency doesn't matter. Don't hear that with me. Like, we need more of it. But I also would say, let's be sensitive to who we're actually putting in leadership roles and how much we're going to beat them up for the reality. Uh, from authenticity to appropriateness. I think it's interesting. You have to begin to think about what's appropriate. Like, be your authentic self, which is so funny when people say that, because I'm like, what if you're an authentic jerk? What do I do with that? But I'm just saying, like, you have to begin to think about other kinds of things. From looking around so just looking around at what's going on to looking forward. So figuring out how, how I need to go forward and also looking back. How often do I, do I keep going leading and going first? And how often do I pay attention to the needs of people who might not be keeping up? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the reality. Uh, from blame to accountability. It's one thing for us to point the finger at every leader around us and be that person. And we get to do that in spaces of our lives where we are not leading. But when you get into that role, every one of us knows Now I'm accountable for people. Now I'm the one who's gonna get the finger point out. So how do we prepare a person for that? From faking it to becoming it. Like in the beginning, when you start to rehearse something, it's like, I'm not a piano player. Well, we're gonna push you through to the process of you actually feel like you're a piano player. Um, Another thing, from influence to responsibility. It's one thing to have social influence. It's another thing to realize you are responsible for your audience for the leaders in your influence from strengths to blind spots. Like some of the scientists on here will, will nod their heads right now. Like executives oftentimes don't derail because they failed to leverage their strengths. They derail because they also were not aware of their blind spots. And leaders know that like, and they have to know that, uh, from self-service to self-sacrifice that transition from, what am I willing to sacrifice for the sake of the people that I'm going to lead Uh, From simple principles to paradoxes, pithy, simple principles, like straightforward, it changes. Now I'm I'm dealing with having to move toward tensions I wasn't aware of before. I can give you one. And when I say paradox, these are both true. These are two truths that are both true that that do sometimes contradict one another. Let me give you one. And I'm not going to say much about it, but just think about it. Justice and grace. Like leaders have to think about this justice being you get what you deserve. Grace being, you don't get what you deserve. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like how do, how do we move in? leaders? Have to think about this. We don't get to just kind of throw words out there from exp- expression to exposure. It's one thing to express yourself now as the leader, because you're out in front, everyone's going to see you. Everyone's going to blame you. Everyone may not give you credit, but you're, you're gonna, you may have the target on um, from leading and finally from leading yourself to leading with others to leading through others, is that that's what is also interesting. As you think about this concept of leading leaders, it is fascinating to look at the experiential journey of a person who becomes a manager for the first time of other people, then they become a leader of leaders, then they become a leader of leaders of leaders. Like where you have to lead through people, it's a different job. So number two, that's, it's 12 things for number one, but I'm, number two is pour into them for deep seated preparation. Um, and this is where we, we part of when we're leading leaders, our job is to pour into them and to scaffold this kind of experience to set this up in a way that they would begin to see. It's one of our people that we, we interact with. He says this, you are, you guys are all about deep seated leader preparation. What do means Like you're, you're seated. Imagine that chair and you're seated firmly where you've thought about what do we know from the research around this? What do you know from people's experience that we would want people to think about before they begin or as they begin? Um, and so, and you have to, and also part of that is just encouraging them when they're reluctant and, and encourage them that their reluctance isn't a weakness. Reluctance, by the way, is, I think something that actually qualifies them. So we launch qualifies someone. We launched our executive fellows program next week. And these are, these are a lot of, it's like some newer leaders to some very, very seasoned leaders. I will tell you this. Most of them are scared to death because they, they saw the syllabus. And I had to make a video that just said, your disqualification of yourself and your reluctance is precisely what qualified you. Because you're aware of the limitation and the stretch that's going to take to get there. So I just said, like, I want that to land with you. Stop disqualifying yourself. And your feelings of being an imposter are precisely why we want you in the mix. As you read some of the hardest stuff that Dr. Iverson signs to his students every single day. Um, now, the final thing is this. Inspire them by being inspired. One of the things that Jeff and I talked about coming full circuit is, is we were saying like, man, it's so important for me to understand my own inspiration because in order to inspire leaders to lead into a very difficult world, it's us investing in ourselves. It's one of the reasons that we rarely deal with organizations. We try, We sometimes, but in most cases, we're, we are attempting to work with organizations where everyone from the top to the bottom of the organization is invested. And we don't call it we don't call it senior leader buy-in. We call it senior leader participation. And it's it's um, and so that start is by investing in yourself, like understanding your own leadership journey, understanding that it's different than not leading. And then it's investing in them and inspiring them. And, uh, and that's, that's something that is, is absolutely so critical is that when they see us do that, they say like, oh, I didn't realize there was a model for this. I've watched this person I respect so much be slightly vulnerable. I've watched them stretch. I've watched them talk openly about their developmental edges. I've watched them uh, share things with me I've never experienced before. And here's the other thing from the research that's interesting. <laughs> Just one sh- shout out to the role model research. Role modeling is one of the most important things that leaders do for leaders. The research is really clear about that. Now listen to this. One third of the time it was bad role models. So the good news is this. If you're a bad role model, you're still teaching a leader something. <laughs> now, we wouldn't aspire to that, but that's, that's something to, to pay attention to is that, role model, that our, us developing ourselves, uh, like going there for ourselves and being willing to go there is a really big thing. And I, Just is my final thing, is you get into conversations and we get smarter together, is this, I, really, I honestly believe in our culture this is one of the most important things that is being missed. We are, we are asking for leaders to be a certain way. We must have leaders who come with a certain way. Um, we're not talking very much about what it means to prepare them. And instead of us just saying like, we need leaders with empathy, which we do, but we also need leaders with a very strong sense of themselves and fortitude. And, and so this demand in our culture is, it, there is not one, I, this is where I get convicted as well, there is not one major movement of change in our world that exists without someone who went first. And there are many movements of change in our world, in our cities and examples of personal examples I could give you that some of you know these examples of leaders who've said, I cannot stand in this storm no one prepared me for this. And these are not bad leaders. These are people that were saying, please stay, don't leave. Don't leave. And so as we think about what it means to lead leaders, how can we all, how can we invest in them?
0: Thanks for joining this WILD conversation. If you'd like to learn more about WILD leaders, visit us at wildleaders.org. If you want to purchase the WILD toolkit, visit wildtoolkit.com. If you'd like to join the interactive live recording with other leaders, sign up at wildleaders.org backslash wild conversation. I'm Megan Lawrence. Have a great day.